Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. Woo, yay. All right. It's uh it's Saturday, folks. That means it's another episode of the Brian Trust. My name is Brian, and uh, I will be hosting today solo. Brian is on assignment. Uh, I wanted to take a little time today to um, do a short. This will probably again. This will probably be shorter than some of our episodes. If you remember going all the way back to episode forty, um, I did a previous solo show. That was a year and a half ago. Now, almost actually a little over a year and a half ago, I did that. And my, how things have changed since that time. Um, I haven't. I'm still the same neurotic mess I was when I made that last episode, um, which happened like a week after I'd hurt my back. So, but since that time, I mean, I've, I left the job that I was in there. Uh, I moved across the country to Atlanta, um, took up with a theater company, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, we kept up with the podcast, which I'm really thrilled about. Uh, we didn't draw, I think we dropped one week in there during that move and have been pretty consistent about recording every week and releasing every week, which is why I'm doing this today to make sure that we kind of keep up that consistent schedule. And I would expect that, uh, my co-host would do the same thing if our roles were reversed. At least I would hope he would. I don't know. We'll talk about it anyway. Um, it's December. It's almost mid-December, December 8th. As the holidays are coming in and the year is coming to a close, we start thinking about um, what the year has been, what the year is going to become. And, and Brian and I will get into more depth than that probably at the end of the year in a, in a couple of weeks when we have our uh, post, post-Christmas post wrap-up. Um, but I wanted to – today I wanted to talk about some of the things I'm involved with, some of the things that – matter to me there will be some shameless plugging in here none of these none of these groups are sponsors of the podcast um i just you know there's stuff i've been involved with stuff brian's been involved with um here and there that i thought were worthy of attention that we never really talked about more and there'll be a, a put more links in the show notes things like that as well uh first off i wanted to talk about the uh, movie binging update that um i had been on for those of you who watch, listened to the past couple episodes, I had kind of challenged myself to watch a bunch of new movies recommended by friends. One of those kind of, oh my God, you have to see this sort of movies. And I just got through the last of them this week. Um, so there were a few uh, that I hadn't seen. There was one, pretty much one left at this point, which was Swiss Army Man from uh, just a few years ago. And it was um, starring Daniel Radcliffe of Harry Potter fame and Paul Dano, who's done a bunch of indie films, some, you know, a couple of really good actors. And basically, Paul Dano plays this guy who's lost on, who's stranded on a, an island. They never really explain how he got there, um, but he's really despondent and out of food, out of water. Like, he's just ready to, to kill himself at the beginning of the movie, and this dead body washes up on shore. Uh, played by Daniel Radcliffe, and uh, he has a bunch of the dead body has a bunch of random abilities. Some involve fart. There's a lot of fart jokes. There's a lot. It's a little. It's a little disgusting at times. Um, in good humor, it's a lot of magical realism because this body does things that just physics won't allow. 
Um, it was an interesting story about being alone and uh, the you know the what comes from a lack of human connection. Anyway, not and I'm not talking about just you know staring at our phones like we do, but the the fear and vulnerability that we have of reaching out to people and the that human connection that we we all want but are too afraid to take that first step. Like there's a lot of that because he meets this Paul Dano's character or it revolves around this woman on his phone who we're pretty sure is a relationship. Um, things get revealed as the movie goes on. I don't want to spoil the whole thing. So it's kind of, I, I recommend it. It's especially if you like your fart jokes, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good one. Um, it's very weird. Yeah. It's super, super weird. It's like, Castaway meets oh man, I'm trying to think of what would be a good analogy for that. I I don't know. I mean, there's no good uh, no good alternative. Just think of Daniel Radcliffe as Wilson the volleyball come to life, it, and you, you kind of get that. It does have that feel a lot. Um, so that was a really good movie. I'm glad I finished that off. I'm thinking I might keep that going into the new year. I mean, I still have a few more like second suggestions from some people who submitted more than one movie and things. So I was trying to do one at a time, but so there are some additional ones I might look at in the new year. I may try to challenge myself a little bit as well. Um, there's a book I read years ago, um, written by Kevin Murphy of mystery science theater, 3000 fame. He was the voice of Tom Servo. He was one of the original writers, um, and the behind the scenes guys for like the entire run of the show. Um, before he took over as Tom Servo in the second season on Comedy Central, not not the KTMA or the first season, but when they moved, when it started going big, and he wrote a book called A Year at the Movies, where he kind of challenged. It's a series of essays, but he had challenged himself to watch a movie every day for a year. Now these were not movies that are new to him, and some of them were because some of them were new releases, some of that stuff. But he had like eight millimeter reels of three stooges movies and Marx brothers stuff that he would take with him on his travels. So no matter where he went in the world, he would, um, he would have a movie to watch every day. And I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, uh, three years and 110 episodes. It's hard to remember exactly when I may have spoken about it, but, um, it's a really good book. Uh, if you can find it, uh, I highly recommend getting a copy, check one out at your local library if you can, um, and read it through because the essays are not all really about the movies themselves. And he wrote this after mystery science theater had been canceled. Uh, so he had some, had some free time on his hands. <coughs> and, uh, so it, it kind of, he talks about it in the book, uh, where he had sort of, he was worried that he was kind of burnt out on movies because he was a guy who loved the movies. Um, spoiler at the end, no. Uh, and obviously his continued work with, uh, riff tracks now, uh, evidence is that cause they're still riffing stuff now, you know, umpteen years later, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that stuff. Um, so I highly recommend that book, a year at the movies, one man's film going odyssey, I think is the subtitle of that by Kevin Murphy. Anyway, so I thought I might, I may try something similar. I haven't decided yet. Um, there's because my Netflix queue is just stuffed to the gills, as well as my Amazon Prime queue, and there's even stuff on Hulu, a few movies, and it's all stuff I haven't seen before. And I think what happens is you go on Netflix and you, you know, you try your, you get on there, and for me it's like I get on there and I'll, 
I'll scroll and scroll and scroll and I'll add, add more stuff to my queue. I'll do all these things. But then I never watch this stuff. I end up just going back and re-binging like Parks and Recreation, which is not a bad thing. I love Parks and Recreation. Uh, but I think I want to challenge myself more. So I may take the time and start watching more movies, especially now that you have the ability for most of these to download them and watch them offline on Netflix or on Amazon. Can't do it on Hulu. That's okay. Uh, so like when I'm at my day job, which fortunately has been casual enough that I can watch movies while I'm working. So I may start doing that and start watching movies every day uh, just to try and expand my own horizons and specifically stuff I've never seen before so that I can kind of get a sense of what's out there and what those things. I mean, I'm always open to recommendations. You can uh, email the podcast or you can contact me directly and I'll give all that information out at the end uh, in terms of suggestions for movies to see. Now, I mean, over the years, I have seen a lot of movies. I've seen some really great movies and I've seen some really terrible movies. Uh, so I'm open to anything. I think for me, it's really get a sense of, um, to be fair, when I've gone to the theater to a movie, to see a movie, I've only ever walked out twice before the film was over. One of them was just because I deliberately went in and picked a really terrible movie knowing I was going to have to leave halfway through because I had a prior commitment. I was just killing time. And that was this movie called American Cyborg Steel Warrior, which I think was like a knockoff of the Jean-Claude Van Damme cyborg movies at the time. Uh, and it really was bad. I would probably watch it now all the way through just to make fun of it. Um, and I don't even remember why I picked that one specifically. I think it was I because I knew, again, uh, my hope was that it would have been bad enough that I didn't feel bad about walking out in the middle. And I was right. It was awful. Uh, so I had no problem walking out. The other movie was the, uh, the Vietnam movie, The Flight of the Intruder which was like Danny Glover and Willem Dafoe and Brad Johnson. And that one, I did legitimately walk out about an hour into it because I was bored out of my skull. However, I was a younger man then. I've aged since. My my tastes have mellowed. I can sit through a two-and-a-half, three-hour movie without blinking now. Um, that's right. I'm looking at you, Star Wars and Marvel movies. And 2001, I managed to stay awake through that whole thing, which is a miracle. Uh, so, so maybe, you know, I'll find some more interesting stuff. I'm probably watch some more documentaries in that mix. I'll probably, um, find some, there may be an occasional foreign film or two. I still haven't seen all of the OSS 117 movies with, uh, Jean Dujardin, uh, for people who remember the movie, the artist, uh, those were like spy, like bond spoofs that they did and, and they're in French. So they're subtitled. But they did two of those movies, apparently, and I kind of want to see them because they look ridiculously funny. So I, I I think those may go on my list if they're still available on streaming. Uh, the streaming platforms are changing all the time. The, um, the indie film darling Filmstruck is going away, which we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, being replaced by who knows what. Every studio is coming out with their own streaming platform, Disney, Warner Brothers, um, they, they all have, they're all basically all coming out with their own streaming platforms to keep control of the material. So, you know, you end up spending more money on subscriptions than you would on cable anyway. So it, you know, it becomes a challenge of where to see these things. I may reactivate my Netflix, the actual physical DVD subscription to get stuff. 
Um, I don't know. I'm probably take the rest of this month some some time during the during the last three weeks of the month here and kind of map out what I want to do. Uh, the movies will probably be picked at random, just whatever mood I'm in that day. And be like, oh, let's go watch this. But uh, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a good challenge. It'll get me off of watching TV on a regular basis. I, I do need to dial back on that considerably, um, especially binge-watching shows. I literally just binge-watched the second season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon this weekend. Uh, it's terrific. It's really funny. But I watched it yesterday and then finished it up this morning. And that was 10 episodes where, the, you know, it's like eight hours of TV. And didn't really do anything else during that time. So, you know, it's good to get off of those. Um, I'm going to try to binge less TV and actually start watching more movies uh, in that time frame. Cut it down to like a movie a day. Then you're only committing two to three hours as opposed to seven or eight. I think that's probably healthier. Uh, you get a beginning, middle, end of a story, and you're not. Uh, there's less chance that you're watching something just because you want to see how it ends, even though it's just total garbage as you're getting through it. Uh, <laughs> then you're not wasting ten hours on a show, and the resolution is there is no resolution. You get to the end, and you're like, "What did I just watch? I don't know what's going on." And I've had that happen a few times. Uh, with TV shows and I get to the end and it's like they either end at the end in a cliffhanger, which is utter torture because they never made it to a second season or you're watching it and you don't know what's going on. <laughs> Romanoffs. Uh, so yeah, it, it, I'm hoping it'll help refine my tastes in the coming year. I'm hoping it'll, uh, uh, do those things. So that might be a side project and I might, uh, blog about that a little bit more on my website. Uh, I might uh, post it on on Facebook, or I might put it on the Brian Trust uh, Facebook page as well. You know, we'll see uh, where we're at with that. I may I may just blog weekly though about the movies I've seen that week or something to that effect. I don't want to necessarily write a post every day for for what I'm watching. But uh, yeah, enough about that. In the meantime, I'm going to start transitioning into the shameless plug portion of this episode. Um. I've been working with, as I've mentioned on the show before, the Atlanta Radio Theater Company. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Atlanta Radio Theater Company, based here in Atlanta since 1984. Uh, it's almost as old as I am, which is uh, terrific, actually. They're a great uh, theater company that's devoted specifically to performing live radio drama. Uh, they do record stuff in studio for release. Uh, they have a sizable catalog out there of stuff that's available on their website, which is ARTC.org, or Artsy as I like to refer to it, as we all like to refer to it in the company, um, they have a sizable catalog there. A lot of it's also available on Audible. So if you are an Audible subscriber, you can pick up um, any of the Artsy productions there as well. Uh, we do live shows. We've been doing a bunch of regional conventions. The big show for us every year is Dragon Con, which next to... San Diego Comic-Con and maybe Gen Con are kind of like the big three old statesmen, the grand old statesmen of the convention circuit. In a way, Dragon Con's been around for 30 plus years and, and Artsy has performed at every single Dragon Con. I had the pleasure of uh, going on stage with them at last year's Dragon Con, which was my first, uh, my first Dragon Con, which was amazing. And I'm looking forward to doing it again this year. Um, we performed at conventions big and small, um, and I know they're looking at a convention almost every month next year. It, it, there's a lot of conventions in the Atlanta area, 
Uh, so we uh, start cranking stuff out, and we're working on some other projects, and hopefully uh, doing some other live performances and things maybe online, uh, if I can convince them to do that. Uh, some live streaming performance, maybe like a Twitch channel or something like that on YouTube, something where we can um, put up more regular shows. It takes a lot to actually put together a live radio drama, especially if you're doing um, what they call Foley effects, which are, which are making sound effects live, uh, practical effects in front of the audience. Um, Foley named after, I believe his name was Jack. I can't remember his first name. I believe it was Jack Foley. Uh, in Hollywood was the one of the original artists who was creating live sound effects for films. So when you hear somebody walking on on pavement and things like that, those are usually fully stuff that's recorded after the movie's been shot because of background noise, whatever. They can't use it, so they actually will mix in people walking on various materials. And you've probably seen some of that in you know movies about the movie business or documentaries, things like that. You'll see people walking on gravel or walking on you know the floor or you know cracking celery or doing those things. You basically come up with different things to, to, to approximate the sound you're looking for. Um, I know with the projects I've done outside of artsy in the past, I've used a lot of digital sound effects and mainly just recorded sound effects or things that I've modified myself uh, to sound, sound like that. But uh, there's something to be said about using live effects in, in a thing. And it's always weird. I don't know what it sounds like when you're not on stage for me, like, I hope it sounds right. I'm usually, I'm never, I haven't really been in the audience. I'm usually on stage performing, giving lines. So I've not worked at, I've not worked at the Foley table, but I also don't know what it sounds like out in the house. So I'm hoping that it will sound interesting at some point. And we'll see, we've got some mini performances coming up that we're working on that will give us a chance to rotate into different positions. And hopefully I'll get a chance to see what that actually sounds like. Um, Foley is definitely one of my weaker areas of voiceover that I kind of want to learn and, and do better with so that I can, can work on some of my own projects more and things like that. Digital sound effects are great. Foley effects are really fun to watch in person. I've seen it a couple of times and it's, it's really amazing. Um, so yeah, so if you go to, uh, artsy, ARTC.org, they have the entire catalog there. They've got, they'll show like upcoming convention appearances, things like that. If you go to ARTC.org slash Xmas, if you are uh, in the Atlanta area or in the Southeast area, if you're, you're going to find yourself in Atlanta next weekend, December 15th and 16th, we're doing a live Christmas show. I am in the live Christmas show uh, playing five or six different parts. So it should be, uh, it's been an interesting challenge to try and make them all sound different ish. Uh, so, um, but it's been a lot of fun. We've got kids in the, we've got kids in the performance. It's a very, uh, it's what they call an Atlanta Christmas. That's the name of the program. It's been going on for almost 20 years. Uh, they've done it every year. We're doing it again. I'm fortunate to be a part of it. So tickets are on sale for that. Uh, and they are, the ticket prices are actually slowly increasing every day by a dollar every day. I think they're up to, uh, $12 a seat, fifth, sixth, seventh. No, not yet. Not yet. They're only up to $8 a seat right now. I forgot. It was $5 until a particular date, and then they're going up like a dollar a day. So get those tickets quickly if you can. And that's artsy.org slash Xmas. Um, one of the other uh, things I want to plug that I've talked about before is uh, the show Critical Role. Uh, for those of you who have heard of Dungeons & Dragons or are familiar with it, this is actually a live streaming show. They have a Twitch channel 
that they broadcast on every week. And every Thursday is this group of now they're like a family of voice actors, right? They're all practically married to each other, but they're all voice actors in the industry and things. And they had started a home game of Dungeons and Dragons, actually using a different role-playing system, but they changed it to Dungeons and Dragons when they decided to start live streaming their games. And it's become a big hit uh, around the world, really uh, online. Like they don't, uh, they don't broadcast on normal TV. It's all online through YouTube and Twitch. Um, the episodes are usually three to four hours long every week. So you kind of really have to commit time to watch, uh, all the episodes, but they are available in podcast form as well. And I've been re-listening to the first campaign they did that covered on the live stream was about three years, but they had been playing for a couple of years before that. So if you think about that, it was like five years of gaming, um, to tell one really long story. Um, so I'm, I'm rewatching. I binged a lot of that as I was moving out to Atlanta on, on their YouTube channel. And then I'm re-listening to it in podcast form as I commute back and forth to work. And so I'd like to encourage you all to check that out. Um, if you go to critrole.com, that's C-R-I-T-R-O-L-E.com, you can find out all the information about the show. Um, it's not a nonprofit like Artsy is. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, I love their work. It's actually inspired me to, to commit more in, in my voice acting career. Uh, to and, it's, it, and that's part of the reason I got more involved with Artsy to kind of really expand and push myself and uh, do better work. Um, I actually even started playing D&D again for the first time in many, many, or even just gaming in general for the first time in many, many years uh, because of the show. Uh, and even just playing Dungeons and Dragons, there are groups anywhere you pretty much anywhere you live who will teach you how to play. Even uh, there are groups you can just meet online with with people uh, like Roll Twenty or virtual, you know, fantasy fantasy playgrounds or fantasy battlegrounds. I'll find the right name of it and put it in the show notes uh, because I don't remember it off the top of my head. Fantasy, it may just be fantasy grounds. I don't remember. I will I will find it and put it in the show notes. But those are places where you basically are connected almost via Skype, basically by a webcam or whatever, roll, you know, rolling online, and they give you virtual maps that you can play on and uh, and see. So there's always places to group and things. So if you can find a couple hours a week to just play with a bunch of people, you know, it's, it's a good release. I find it's fun if you approach it from this kind of collaborative storytelling aspect, then um, you get a lot more enjoyment out of it uh, when you go. So I, I do that usually like for me, I do it on Thursday nights with a group here in Atlanta uh, that they run game nights, four nights a week in different locations. I go to one that's just close to home for me and I do what they call one shots, which are kind of one off little adventures as opposed to a longer campaign right now. Um, hopefully I'll get into a group where we can have a campaign cause I really kind of want to see what that's like, but I'm enjoying these kind of one off adventures too. Cause they're a lot of fun. Uh, my brother was in town last week. I took him to go see it and he to play and he had a lot of fun, uh, died, <laughs> died really quickly when we got into the major combat with the big bad of the episode. But it was, uh, it was, uh, it was fun to watch. Like he had a really hilarious character. I thought it worked really, really well, very fitting him. So I'm glad he did that. Um, so yeah, so, uh, critroll.com. Uh, you can look there. You can just Google in your local area. Just try and find Dungeons and Dragons group. A lot of them post on Facebook. A lot of them are on meetup.com if you want to go there. Uh, it just kind of depends. Uh, if you are in the Atlanta area, Drunks and Dragons is the name of it. Um, it's A-T-L-D-N-D, the letter N. 
dot uh, com is their website, uh, and it shows where all the all the events they have coming up and where they play and things like that. Come out, you can even take a pre generated character, get free dice. Yeah, why not? I mean, I have a whole bag of dice that I've had for like twenty five years that have been sitting gathering dust until um, I finally busted them out to start playing again. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I may even start uh, GMing or running those games for people uh, here at some point if I get brave enough to try and build out a build out a world in a campaign. <laughs> that might might be a little bit much. Not right now, but after the holidays, I may start looking into that. Anyway, um, oh, uh, I did want to talk about this. It's also important. It's uh, Speaking like artsy, uh, Christmas show next weekend, there's another deadline coming up next weekend that applies to anybody in the United States. Uh, the Affordable Care Act is still a thing. So if you don't currently have health insurance, um, I encourage you all to go to healthcare.gov and fill out the application and see what plans you may qualify for. The deadline to enroll in a plan for next year is next weekend. The December 15th is the deadline. So you want to make sure you get enrolled uh, before that by that date for 2019 to have a health plan available. And depending on your state, uh, there will be different plans available depending on where you're living and what your situation is. Some of it's going to be, you know, and I know for me in Georgia, the plans are oh, all right. You know, I think it's it's painful when you don't have an employer because you don't realize how much the employer actually subsidizes the insurance. Um, uh, last year, I was fortunate. Like I said, I had injured my back and then I had the, the car accident at the end of last year, which we've talked about on the show before as well. And I mean, thankfully, my out-of-pockets got met very, very quickly. But if you think about, you know, even a $1,000 deductible is a lot of money out of your pocket. Um, and I was watching a video the other day about uh, financial fragility. And that idea is like the challenge is can you come up with $2,000 in 30 days in a, in a pinch to meet your needs? Like if you had a big expense or you had something like that, if you can do that, great. But if not, you know, you might be in trouble. And a lot of this country – can't do over 40% of people in this country can't do that, including myself. I won't, I won't deny that. Um, so having, having solid health insurance is a good thing. You kind of have to weigh the cost of the premium versus the deductibles versus the co-payments. There's a, a three or four factor system. You kind of have to figure out for yourself what you, what might work for you and what might not. <clears throat> some of those plans have deductibles as much as like five or six thousand dollars it's ridiculous but uh, that's kind of where we're at right now until they come up with a better system or you know a public option I know that's unfavorable to some people but I think it would be a very good thing it's a smart idea and we're the only industrialized nation that doesn't do it so uh, that should tell you something anyway um, so go to healthcare.gov Go through the steps. Find out if you qualify. If you qualify for Medicaid in your state, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's no shame in that. It's it's health insurance. It's you know it's something to help you kind of meet your immediate needs until you can get back on your feet. Uh, again, different states administer it differently, so it just depends on where you live. Like I here in Georgia, even though I'm only working part time at my day job, things like that, I make enough to where I don't qualify. Like I'm like just over the line, and so. Uh, sometimes you fall in those gaps, but you do, you do still get the tax credit, um, to qualify to pay for premiums, things like that. So you want to pay attention to that as well and just find out, find a plan that at least meets your needs for now. 
if you get employer insurance, you can switch. You can do those things. You're not locked into that for the year, ironclad, no no questions asked. So uh, go take care of that. Um, if you're – here's another thing we mentioned during the show. Uh, uh, and I think uh, Brian's mentioned anything. Even if you're employed full-time, if you're a veteran uh, or if you're a spouse of a veteran or you're active military looking to transition back in, there's an organization that's actually based here in the Atlanta area called Higher Heroes that is um, – they're a group that will help you – uh, look for work to help you basically kind of spruce you know, ready your resume or update your resume, uh, to help you look for a job that will help transition into civilian life. Or if you're already in civilian life, you can look for other work. Uh, so I strongly recommend, uh, for veterans out of the military veterans out there, uh, even active duty people thinking about leaving eventually. Um, I know, uh, Brian Lumpkin, who we had on in episode 100 just 10 weeks ago, uh, is still active duty military, but someday he may uh, choose to leave. Um, that would be a service that would be available to him if he chose to take take up on it, or or his wife Kelly if uh, they wanted to, if she wanted to find work or uh, things like that. If they you know when they come back to the states, so um, they can go there. It's hireheroesusa.org. Again, this is only for members of the U.S. military and their spouses. Sorry. Uh, for those of those living in other parts of the world that listen to the show. Um, another option to look at is, say, something like um, work strengths. Full disclosure, Brian's uh, wife is the person who runs that, that particular institution. It's a, her and a friend uh, run this organization based on the Strengths Finder um, uh, comparison, it's it's a survey. Basically, the idea is to help you find out what uh, what factors in your personality help you excel in the workplace and what jobs fit those things. The Gallup uh, certified uh, StrengthsFinder training. It, there's actually a book, StrengthsFinder 2.0, I think right now is where they're at. And there's like an online test you can take and it gives you all of these different options as to kind of what what your main factors are in succeeding in a job. And so they it can help you kind of find those jobs. So they do classes and they work with businesses and things like that. Um, normally wouldn't plug them on a show like this because they're not a sponsor of this podcast, but indirectly they kind of are because she tolerates us doing the podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Brian's wife. We appreciate you. Uh, so go to workstrengths.com, check them out, uh, see what they have available. Um, you never know, but the strengths finder is kind of interesting because you definitely can see what your dominant traits are and, and what kind of jobs those might be a fit for. If you're looking for something in your particular industry that you're having issues with, or you want to start a business, are you sure that you can do something with business? Or is there a thing where you can, um, find a way to move forward do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur to run your own business? Uh, I know it's something I struggle with trying to make sure if I have that or not. Um, so take a look at that. Uh, definitely you can get the book, uh, strengths finder 2.0 is on sale. You know, it's, it's a business book. It's on sale everywhere. You can get it on Amazon. I'm sure. Um, you could check I, th I think you could probably check it out at the library, but I recommend buying the book because you get a code to take the test for free with the cost of the book. So, it's worth uh, it's worth checking out for sure, so um, I would go check that out as well. Um, I think that's all the shameless plugging I have for now. 
Uh, although I do feel a little shame at plugging all of that stuff. I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, on this brisk December morning, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, so like I said before, this would be a shorter episode. This is about the length of the last confessional interlude I did, uh, back in episode 40. Um, and I, I'll put a link to episode 40 in the show notes if you want to listen to what I did last time too. You can get uh, this episode and all of our episodes on our website at pryandtrustpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show there uh, via RSS, or you can go on Apple Podcasts. We're working on expanding to make it available on other platforms like Spotify and Google Play and, and Plex Podcasts, things like that. Uh, that'll be in the hopefully in the coming year. Uh, we'll work on expanding our reach a little bit more. RSS is available on any fine podcatcher, where, including iTunes. If you do subscribe to the podcast, wherever you do, if they make it available, please feel free to rate and review the show because ratings and reviews are how shows like ours get discovered by other people. So, for example, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you like the show, please rate it five stars. Um, if you rate it less than that, we it, for some reason, that discovery algorithm that ignores anything that's not five stars. So if you really like the show, even though you have some minor quibbles with it, rate it five stars anyway, and then let us know. Uh, either in the review or you can contact us directly what you think about it. Um, we always love, we would always welcome feedback on the show. Uh, also, if you are a Brian or you know someone named Brian who you think might be a good guest, uh, just wants to come, you know, come for an hour and, and shoot the breeze with us, we always welcome. You can email us directly at briantrustpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on the social medias. Uh, you can find us on the Facebooks. I know some people don't like Facebook, but that's primarily, you know, still 2 billion people on there. So uh, it's facebook.com slash the Brian Trust. We're also available on Twitter. Uh, the show is at the Brian Trust. Individually, we are also both on Twitter. I am at Actor Geek, and the other Brian is at B Selkie. And that's going to do it today for episode 110 of the podcast. So we'll wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time. I'd like to think there was something funny to say here at the end of this, but uh, I've never done this alone like this before. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, that was not good. I mean, the episode was good. The stinger's not. <laughs>